Hi and welcome to Squaring the Circle, a podcast about how business owners in the creative industry balance the art and the business. For this episode, I'm delighted to say that broken folk duo Luna Tractors are my guests. One of the reasons I love doing this podcast is I get to sit down with people that are far more intelligent than me and pick their brains. This conversation with Claire and Carly was a great example of that. Our chat explores how to cultivate a sense of community with your music, playing for quote unquote exposure, why there is no such thing as a music industry and how musicians can stay true creatively whilst being commercially viable. Also, they were kind enough to send me their press package. So around halfway through the episode, I've spliced in my favourite song called Lover, Lover, Lover from their new album, The Missing Star. I'm your host, Benjamin Bowles from Benjamin Film and Photography, and welcome to Squaring the Circle. Claire Carley from the Lunar Tractors, thank you so much for joining me on Squaring the Circle today. How are you? Good, yeah, we're getting by. We're, um, we're in the process of moving to Ireland, <laughs> so we're doing 100 vague admin tasks at the moment. God, and it's sad. Monday. It's Monday. No, Monday's always strange. Yeah, the weird, the weird Monday. <laughs> that sounds like great fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. not, not so much the admin, um, but you're moving to Ireland. That's quite exciting. Yeah, it's actually kind of part of the, our business model, haha, um, because we need to be in Europe. We need to get European residency. Um, because currently, you know, post-Brexit, the whole touring thing and exporting and, and stuff is, is a bit messed up. And we have big plans for making fan fan bases in France and Germany. And we met in the Czech Republic. Um, so that's important. Um, it's important to, to, to regain our European rights, you know. It was a bit of a shock. This uh, last New Year's Eve turning over into 2021 was Happy New Year. Oh, by the way, you're not European anymore. Um, I've been literally half my life living in Europe and working. So it was it was a big, uh, a big shock and something that we're, we write music about as well, certainly, and, and try and understand through the music that we make. But uh, yeah, it, it's definitely essential to regain our, our connection to, to so many other cultures and nations and people that we really feel a part of and feel solidarity with. And that, to me, is, I mean, I'm, I'm no expert. However, that, that's what folk is all about, isn't it? For so, us, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would say that um, it's uh, actions certainly speak louder than words. So you're actually going to another country to pursue, um, you know, your career. Um, and um, as you said, Kai, your business model, um, it shows how much you're, um, you're sort of putting into it and how much heart and soul you, you put into your work. And that's actually just before I came on um, the podcast, I was listening to your newest album. And I should say congratulations because, well, I'll let you sort of introduce what, um, what accolades it got. Um, but Mojo, the music magazine, absolutely loved it, didn't they? So if you want to explain um, a bit about um, the feedback that you've got from the newest album. Yeah, for, um, weirdly, because of, we're not from folk families, we're not uh, managed, we're completely independent and DIY. Yeah, we have no label. We have well, we we have a label, haha. But we're not on a label, and um, we don't have any kind of um, industry history or connection. Really, we started the band like five years ago. But um, so we have a one PR 
a very resilient, lovely um, imp from Scotland who uh, who helps along with a on a retainer. He's um, he's our man, and he sort of sends us in the direction of people, and generally hassles people to maybe have a bit of a listen. But that's the only person on our tiny team, so um, it was kind of amazing. And and the man who actually bankrolled our our record, both of our records, Steve Webben, who's a, who's a wondrous, a very very helpful fellow, of course. Um, he actually was, a was reading designer. was reading a Mojo magazine and saw that we were rated as number two. Um, of the folk albums of 2021 which is uh yeah there's a great there's a, a, a legend of the of the uk folk scene colin Irwin uh does mojo's top 10 uh listings and these are his picks they're not sales um definitely not no. sales unfortunately for us um so we've got yeah we're, we're lucky because we've we've had really really good reviews um for for even for our debut record which was recorded in this tiny studio in a viaduct arch in ramsgate that had no no overdubs you know no no backing tracks no nothing just drums and vocals one one take yeah super intense um that even that kind of shook things up and i think it's partly because we come to folk music from a really different path like I'm contemporary art Carly's more theater and choreography uh, tap dance and stuff and we grew up listening to trip hop and drum bass and jungle and that kind of stuff so we we're kind of a, a lot of flamenco and post-punk and you know we kind of come to to folk music with a different sensibility um, and people like it yeah we have some really uh, not many people have heard of us actually and I think it's really amazing that we keep getting five-star ratings from people so amazing yeah um so you mentioned reviews there how now this is this is possibly a tricky question how do you um, get reviews no no not not so much that but how important are reviews i mean it's 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 a weird and fickle thing because actually once you've been reviewed once somebody else has said something about it then actually other people go oh this person said something about it so maybe i'll check it out like that's how the industry works weirdly and stupidly we'll get on we'll get onto the word industry in a bit i have a problem with that but yeah the um it's a gatekeeper thing isn't it um if you get reviewed by the right person in the right magazine um and i'm still not quite sure what that is but we certainly haven't really had those and we haven't had those you know we're not we're not in any kind of mainstream press but in terms of like um folk radio uk which is actually a website not a radio station um who who were fantastic and they've been really supportive of us from the beginning and and that matters to people you know you get to put a quote and and some little pictures of stars on your poster and that brings along two or three more people you know it's a kind of i think i think the main thing actually um is that it's it's a little by little thing and it's a jigsaw puzzle and you need all of the pieces and you gradually improve those pieces i mean this is actually the word my metaphor is uh, falls apart it's not a jigsaw puzzle in the sense that you have to keep kind of upgrading the little pieces you know you build this picture out of little bits and bobs and and put it all together 
and uh you know and at one point you've got this is the best review you've got so you put that on the poster and then hopefully that that kind of builds up and then you know you start off with the instruments that you can cobble together in in our case from things in the garage um and then you gradually upgrade so you know you just put all of the pieces together as best you can at the beginning and then you kind of swap them out as as you as you can you know so the second part of that question is how important reviews are not on the commercial side but to you as artists that's a great question mm. Mm. i think for me um some of the best reviews can be the ones that you've sent a gift um of your cd to somebody who you haven't seen in a very long time and they get back to you with say a video of them dancing to it or a picture of their kid loving it and you get a sense of the real personal um that it's really really changed their feeling about their life in general or it's really inspired them to continue doing what they do or for me those really personal reviews and the ones where people really take that time out to let you know how your music touched them or how the video touched them for me they're the most precious actually the review after a gig where someone feels like they're super embarrassed but they have to come up to you and talk to you um and and let you know how they that you've made them feel something like that that's a big deal yeah. you know i i have to say though that um getting good reviews does really matter because it's really difficult to 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 understand why why we spend so much mm. energy um doing this thing you know obviously we do it because we because we love different parts of it some parts of it we love less some parts more but you know that that question is um I, I it does matter you know like having having people who who you respect whose opinion you respect and who've listened to loads of things say that your record is good is really important it's not enough but it is really important but also that that i think that's that imbalance with the person just the normal person who isn't in the industry mm -hmm. um letting you know that your music that your performance that day for them helped them to grieve the loss of their father that they haven't processed in 30 years or you know that actually helped them to move a part of themselves and to connect to a really really deep and buried emotion or to to do something that they'd never thought they did because they heard your music and they realized it was actually possible and it it opened up something for them i think for me that that or, imbalance with those you know or that business, their kid insists on listening to your every track day, every day in the car that over kind of thing. and over so you, that yeah. kind of stuff I, but i do i feel like they're not um they're not mutually exclusive no they're they're parts of the of the puzzle you know you need you need you need other musicians to to support you you need your friends and family to support you you need people to show up to the shows you need people to review it you need you know other people who you're working with professionally like studio people to to respect the music you know you need all of that um to keep to keep going to you know you because it's 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 hard and it's it's dispiriting a lot of the time you know where there's there's so much music out there when we perform, we really share something. It's really an, um, an emotional and connective experience. And I think that sometimes you can watch great music, but the person who's performing isn't necessarily there to really connect with you. Like yeah. it's about them in their space and you in yours, maybe having access, you know? And I, I think for us that accessibility and that real, real connection with fans and then that personal, talking with them on a personal level just in chat or whatever 
But relating back to that review on the personal level as well is that I think only through the reviews sometimes you can really, really get a sense of what you're actually doing. Yeah. Like because it it isn't just about us doing a thing and putting it out there. Like it's when it's received, it's when it's regurgitated back to us that we get to conceptually understand a little bit more of what we're actually doing yeah. and making. And then we get to act upon that. That's how live performance works in that we get to show a really, really seat of the pants experiment to somebody. They get to say, oh, that made me think and feel this. And loads of other people feedback as well. And then we go, oh, okay, actually that is what we're doing. We didn't even particularly realize, no, especially when you're kind of flow state improvising, you know, it's- Yeah, it's very much about experimenting. Yeah. And, and for sure that reflection. So you, you mentioned community there and the fact mm. that you, you know a lot of your fans, um, which, which is incredible. Um, and I think that anybody who kind of buys into the band will get that connection and it won't be maybe that stereotypical artist and fan, artist and fan divide. It's very much a collaborative thing. But when, and I'm not really sticking with the reviews, but it's sort of related. If you hear some incredible feedback about a song or an album from a group of people, when you're next in the studio or under a viaduct or wherever you are recording some music, how, how much of their comments and their thoughts are going through your thoughts when you're producing and creating the new music or are you purely doing it for your not not purely doing it for yourselves but just sort of scratching that itch in terms of what you want to create through what we're what we're kind of doing mostly is especially when it's in an improvisational is a kind of channeling of something but that can't be ever um in isolation and disconnected from that kind of seed or that bed that mossy bed that is all of the other influences that have come to you in your life somehow no all of those other tiny little synapses that fire when you're putting a mark in a certain place and not in another one like I can't I don't think we can see ourselves separated entirely from community ever no and also not from history you know like both of us mm. have performance art or contemporary art or theatre kind of training and that that is a has a massive effect because you're kind of sensitive to where the songs come from what the context is what um how certain things read you know what 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 associations are connected to particular sounds or particular words or whatever so it's this kind of um it's it, it's it's this kind of network of of stuff and I, de I definitely don't feel like we are in control of it of that network but I also <laughs> feel like it doesn't matter how many bad reviews you get uh, it, you know if, if people were constantly hating on on a part of the the music that we were doing that that would change our opinion about the reviews not change our opinion about the music I think. Just before we came on um, the podcast, 
Um, Carly, you mentioned a little anecdote about, well, it's not, it wasn't a specific anecdote. It was probably uh, an, an anecdote that anybody who's been in a band ever can totally relate to. Um, especially if you're going down the sort of DIY route of traveling sometimes hundreds of miles, playing the show, coming back and realizing that essentially um, you're down on money because of fuel, because of food and everything like that. That's if the gig even goes ahead, which is another story. Um, and then you mentioned something about industry and the fact that the music quote unquote industry doesn't really exist um, or there's no such thing as industry or there's no such thing as a music industry. So do you want to expand on that? The reason that I'm saying it's not an industry is that um, even even the people who look like they're successful in the music industry have not necessarily made money. Like you, you have to be doing it for the love. You have to be doing it as a, as a discipline and you have to, um, I mean, that what we're trying to do basically is to put together a shape where the music helps us um, get, get um, cultural commissions because we're both artists and and um, also composers and, and that kind of thing so so we we then apply for grants to do weird stuff with museums so the music helps us get those um those things help us get um kind of cultural credit and do lectures and talks um maybe then we get some teaching work you know like it kind of all it's a house of cards in in a way you know like it it kind of um it all it all links together and you need all of those parts but um, none of those parts on their own are a sound business model. One of my planned questions for later on in the interview was, um, well, it was a, it was a two-party question of whether the music industry, there we go, has changed forever and what can musicians do about it if it has. Now, you've sort of answered that question um, with what you were just talking about, the Lunar Tractors ecosystem of using the band as the vehicle to do this and to do that. But I suppose the question is, if a musician or a band is, is not in your position, is there, is there any hope? I, th I would say it's about, I mean, for us personally, we both have other things that we do that do that are both also creative things, but that allow us to have that little bit of um, financial kind of a little bit more financial freedom to then be able to go okay well let's do this thing and let's put a lot of energy into it but also claire has a an actual money. academic job and or whatever money. although being an academic not a good way of making uh, money folks. it's not the most private um, but then it's about diversifying somehow about you know for us it's about doing lots of different things so it's not just about relying, especially in the times of COVID, the last two years, if we were just relying on income from gigs, we would, I mean, we would have given up a long time ago. There's no point, you know, it has I think, to. I think I, I, would, I, I would say that the whole question is wrong because there was no before when it made sense. Like there was, there was, no, there was no time when music, music made sense and people were making money and it was fine. That, that didn't exist. Like there were, there were places like if you were a member of the musicians union in New York in the forties and you played the right kind of music and you were the right skin tone for the music you were playing, um, you could make money. You could make enough to pay your rent, whatever. But there were a whole bunch of other places in the world where that was not the case. And if you were not a member of the musicians union, then you were not allowed, you know? 
that it's about times and places and it's there, there's never been a time when it made sense there's never been a time when making when 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 it made sense for everybody in every place like it doesn't you gotta you gotta be in the right place you gotta move to a place where there are other musicians working you gotta play you gotta offer a service that people need um you know the, maybe some people need need lead guitarists but what people really need are like good percussionists and bass players mostly um you know you need you need um you got and you got to decide what you you know what who you what you want to do you do you want to do a bit of a bit of teaching yes you you should do a bit of teaching you want to do some session musician work yes you want to do some of that and you have to offer all these services cheap or free until you've made a kind of name for yourself and then gradually jack your prices up every six months um you need to uh, I mean, you know, also you need to you need to be aware that most of your most of your idols, most of your the famous musicians, did their best work uh, on the doll in the seventies or eighties or nineties. Most of these people had most of the people that you think of as successful musicians had state supported income. Um, they uh, or they and you know they had their musical training at school or they were trained by their family or friends or somebody who lived next door who happened to be an excellent bass player. Like, there's no logic to the whole thing. So you have to look around for, there never has been. So you have to look around for the opportunities that are there for you and you've got to be adaptable. You know, the thing, the thing for me um, was like, I, I was kind of messing about on pianos and I really didn't like keyboards. So I was only playing like upright pianos, bad, bad upright pianos in pubs. And that kind of took, had a limit. So then I ended up doing like acapella solo gigs with a loop pedal and just voice, which was awful. And then, um, I kind of moved into folk music for for kind of by mistake or for other reasons. But as soon as then we got together and Carly was playing drums and I was singing the folk song, people started responding. So I think in a way you've you've also got to you've got to give people what they they want as well. You know, you've you've got to you've got to keep exploring and messing around with different stuff and trying things that you don't really know and until you find something that you feel is enjoyable and then other people in the room like. No, and that, also, that's about not, being in the right room. That's not just about doing the right thing. But it's also not just about doing something that other that other people want either. Because if you've lost all principle and all a sense of integrity of what you actually want to be doing in the first place, then there's no value to try. Because otherwise, you're going to be constantly in the vulnerable position of, well, what do they want? You have no idea what they yeah, want. Yeah. Most other people who are in that audience and who are at home don't have no idea what they want anyway. They want a million different things within a day. I think maybe I said it backwards. You know, we've got changing desires constantly. We're constantly transforming. Like you have to have some sense of, I need to do this. I'm compelled to do this. And so I'm going to try and express this in the various ways that I can. I, for me, it's more about what are those environments that you can perhaps place or try and place what you do. So is there people, are there people who are working within the more corporate and commercial world that might appreciate your work on one of their commercials? Then they will actually pay you money for that. If it's for something for film, people need soundtracks and need work for film. You know, that there, there are avenues where actually money is paid for products. You still have to negotiate that stuff. Theatre, you know, to make music for theatre, you might not be then the one performing it, but your music can be recorded and can be used all the way around the world or can be put on a film. We have already some of our music on people's films. They're pitching that around not that we've various... Been paid for it festivals no we gave that for free but you know there's 
that then gets heard. And then if that comes back to you, somebody, you've all found that you look sometimes at the end credits and go, who was that song by? Oh, lovely. Then you've got the name. Then you find that person. Then you approach them and you say, I really, really like that. You know, it, it, we have to kind of, it has to be broad and rounded. It can't just be, I want to be a famous musician. I want to be the most famous singer songwriter of this decade. Um, off I go because I mean maybe well if, that, Some, if great if, if that, that works but if that works. it really works you know we're not all Ed Sheeran and we wouldn't all want to be because it'd be a weird world if we were all Ed Sheeran so you know like keep it like keep it open and maybe you go on a journey that you weren't quite expecting I think that's that you've got to have those two things you've got to have that internal thing of going this is some stuff I'm doing for myself because it it feeds me you know it makes me feel good and you need to find a place to share that with people but also it's really great to um, be in a place and find other people who are making stuff and and then if they need help with that stuff then help them help other people with their thing and that will lead you in really interesting directions mm. and also do a thing that kind of feeds you and share that with people I don't think that there's anything beyond that like I don't think that there's any there's I don't think at least that there's any formula maybe there is that and we just don't know what it is you know so that leads quite nicely into the um we've got a few more questions to go but one one before we go into the final three is is a really simple question considering all the rejection and the upheaval and the difficulties that you go through why do you both do it because <laughs> i don't want to do anything else like i've i've been i grew up in show business i grew up from a very very young age performing on stage i told my dad at a certain point and i shook his hand and went i'm not going to do the english i'm not going to go into the education system like you want me to i educated myself in dance and film and installation and performance art and everything else and then i went off around the world with stomp i've been in performance for most of my life and i don't even though i could turn my hand to something else i don't have the desire to do that and so i'm not going to we have a very short and limited life we don't know when it's going to end and i would rather be doing something that makes me at least sort of orientate and navigate the the madness of the world in a creative way yeah i mean i i think we're we're lucky that we actually haven't had much rejection like people people are really Speak for yourself people sweetheart. are really nice about our music <laughs> um yeah i mean carly's been to a lot of castings and they were like no Show carly, business you but, are trained you but, are bred for you know rejection that's that's absolutely normal part of every single day and i think so. it's the same you know if you're applying for grants like the overwhelming experience of grant application is rejection of course it's mm. just a numbers game it's not personal but the um I think for me, like I have to play music, otherwise I feel sad. Um, that that's it, and and um, and I, I it just it makes sense to me in a way that nothing else does. I think, um, but yeah, in terms of like why why do you do it? I mean, we we I I had a I had a, a kind of a friend of the family when when I was um, a teenager who who was the first artist that I'd ever known and 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 hung out with, and I want to stay with her and um, to to learn some stuff and the most important thing that I learned um was that she was like you you make art because you have to make art not everybody has to make art but some people really have to and if you don't make it it will mess you up and it's maybe it's not it's the, the question of whether it's a sensible idea or not is it doesn't matter you have to make it you make it because you have to make it if you don't have to make it don't make it 
we're going to go on to the final three questions. I'm really looking forward to um, your answer for the first question. Um, and, and that question is, what does success look like for your business? So um, for Luna Tractors, um, but also widening it out to your life as well. I think our sense of success is being able to continue expanding continue moving new people and getting a slow a kind of gaining of people's awareness that we do what we do which success means that then they come back with offering you to do something really interesting so it's not it's not some kind of you know world domination or fame or anything like this I don't want to really be a household name I don't want to have my privacy invaded but I do want to be continue to continue to be able to sustain my career by being able to make really really interesting things which means that you have to be known and that that no, people's knowing has to expand geographically We've done a really beautiful thing locally, but now we want to kind of, you know, we we were starting to tour in France until COVID. We got loads of tours cancelled. We'd spend a bit of time in America. You know, we want to travel back to Europe and connect back to where we met in Czech Republic. You know, that this growth being kind of, it is quite slow when you're DIY, but that more people know about what you do. More people want to collaborate. More people want to use your work and be doing interesting, making it interesting experience with you. For me, that's that's success. I feel like um, we, the success that we have right now is that a lot of the money that that we make from the music tends to go back into the music. So the money that we make, um, we invest in, you know, like more musical instruments. I don't know. Um, you know, we in, in getting stuff, getting stuff made, and you know, so then like we make some money from a gig, so then we we get some t-shirts made, and then you know they we sell those t-shirts gradually, and then that money goes back in, and then we we kind of continually reinvesting and reinvesting, and I think that thing about slow growth is the thing. What we're starting to do now is to get um, people subscribing to us mm. um, through Moon called Moon Club um, through Bandcamp. Um, so there are lots of different ways like Patreon and, and this and that, but Patreon is just way too American for in, 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 in mood for us to handle. So we went with the Bandcamp thing. And, um, and so they pay like a yearly subscription and we really want to keep that happening because actually the more, you know, we may well reach a point at, with that where we have grown, where like the network of roots and stuff has grown enough that there that it is much more self-supporting and that mm. more money is coming in which allows us to put even more time and energy into the music like it's it it grows and so keeps feeding itself and i think that's the the thing success is like where the music is alive and it's growing and um it's generating kind of resources for itself that mm. that's that's success supporting yeah that that's success for me and um and I think success also, you know, I love, I love, I love having print media. You know, I love it when we're in a magazine and there's pictures of us and people writing about what we do, and that magazine's going to be in a on a shelf or you know found in the future, or that we get to press things to vinyl, and so you know um, that somewhere in the world, you know, 50, 60 years from now, there's going to be an LP and it's still going to be playable because LPs are super stable formats, you know um that that feels like success to me you know that the, the sense that 
that our what we do touches people and will keep touching people and and will be in libraries and people have a sense of you know we, we we're we're listed amongst other people who we respect and people kind of approach us and ask us to play for them you know that that's success for me I, I think um the more the more that happens the happier I get for sure so so I think that's success that's why I was excited to ask that question because that's a great answer thank you the second question of the three is what book or resource has had the biggest impact on you and that's obviously to the both of you the resource like if it's a book um there is a book by david byrne called how music works um where he's looking at music as a whole ecosystem so you need it you know he's describing how particular venues build particular scenes and particular communities are um and you know so that the room that you're in the room that you're playing in and the place that that room is shapes the kind of music that that you make you know like certain kinds of things get across to people certain things don't um that whole thing in new york about cbgb's being being the heart of this in, intense scene where so many artists of of punk and um came out of that so i i feel like um that i that's a great one i would say works. a resource that that we actually got really immersed in this year or last year was a global music match which for new and independent musicians i would suggest that they check that out it's also involved with the uh, english in in the uk it's through english folk expo and it was the thing that helped especially in these times of all that sense of the size of the world all kind of just closing in you know and us not being able to travel you're still able to connect to lots of different countries lots of different music expos and get the sense that you could start to expand and play in the future in different countries and and you really get the opportunity to as well as being promoting your own work and other people promoting your work um, to their audiences you also then start to grasp that it's not just all about you and that if you actually do you, you part of the kind of the conditions of the exercise over three months is that you also promote other people's work so you start to talk about yourselves in terms of a community and a community of other artists and makers around the world which is really really useful to not just be this kind of selfish oh we do this have you seen what we did lately everybody's like yeah 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 like you're talking about other people and how they inspire you and that that sense of that solidarity amongst musicians is i think something that is really, really, really important and undervalued in a way. We don't, we don't support each other enough. You know, we're constantly, it's like that feeling of wanting, you know, the person in the conversation who just wants to share what they want to share and they're waiting for when you shut up so that they can talk again. The thing, the resource that's, that's helped us the most is uh, the Tom Thumb Theatre in, in mm. Margate, um, which is a tiny venue in Margate, um, run by a couple who um who we met kind of as soon as we moved to margate we moved to margate to start the band and um live together and that that venue is 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 the reason that 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 we met most of our fans uh, our first our core fans it's the it's the way that we met the people who have mo been most moved by the music it's um it you know, in a way, like a small independent venue where you feel at home and you can keep playing and you can turn up to their shows and um, 
support other artists and meet other people to collaborate with like in a way like that space that that independent space is um is the most important resource i would say thank you just before the last question do you want to give your social media slash websites a bit of a plug yeah why not it's all at lunar tractors and lunar tractors is spelt with a k soviet style what one piece of advice would you give someone starting in your industry tomorrow? Um, starting in the music industry. Hmm. Mm, one piece of advice. Um, I'd say keep tuning into self and to what what you, uh, how that can change, and how if and how to not kind of fix things in mind too much to keep going into body and seeing what you really feel. What really makes you feel something yeah that would be that's for me the, right the, advice. the somatic kind of experience of something yeah if something feels wrong really important if something feels uncomfortable or wrong trust yourself yeah because um, that's actually those messages that you get with intuition when people say oh oh but this oh, is I'm a great opportunity but this should really no yeah no, no, and, no, no, and no, if it feels that. weird and it gives you a bit of a bad taste and there's a little voice saying mm, this doesn't feel right then really go with that because it's uh, and it's the same with the music that's like the proper stuff. if a song moves you it doesn't matter if you're like can't play it or if it sounds bad like Think about PJ Harvey. Always think about PJ Harvey. That's good advice. Oh, um, basically, you know, PJ Harvey is is not the world's best bass player, um, you know, but but she doesn't need anything else. Like her first record was just her playing really quite basic bass and singing stuff, and it, and it's it's all about the emotion, you know, that you can be the world's most fiddly guitar player or like with the biggest singing range, and and but if the feeling is not there in the song, people will tune it out. And this is more than one piece of advice, but I think that's also super important is to just keep doing it. Like we, I'm certainly was never, I'm not an amazing drummer or percussionist, but every time you learn a bit more and every time you do it in front of people, you learn a bit more. And by being in that arena, by being there and vulnerable is where you actually get to progress because you're putting, you're taking that risk. So don't wait to present yourself when you're perfect, because that's going to be a very long journey and you might die before you get perfect so just get yourself out there you know and and grow and learn and also practicing in your bedroom is not practicing on stage you don't get better on stage by practicing at home you only get better on by practicing on stage it's a different skill very much so um that really was a lot i mean that was five or six or seven that was absolutely fine that's absolutely fine Claire Carley of the Lunar Tractors. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, we've we've massively run over, but I make no apologies Sorry, for that um, <laughs> because um, yeah, I was totally enthralled in, in all your answers. So thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've hated it, keep quiet. But if you've loved it, you can support the show by sharing it with anyone who may love it too. Have a nice one. And I'll see you next time for another episode of Squaring the Circle. Thank you.